everybody, and welcome to the Meeting Gold Show. We're on a stage now. Last week, we were actually with Lauren Gibson, and we were filming inside of our podcast room because we didn't have a stage. And then we decided, oh, we got to film. We got we to gotta film on the stage, right? So we're here. We're on the stage, and we're joined by Miss Tabitha. How do I say your name? Rourke. Rourke. Yes. I know a few Rourkes in Toronto, but you're based in Cambridge. Cambridge. Tabitha, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are Good? you? Thanks Good. for having me. Well, thanks for coming all the way from Cambridge. We were just chatting. I was there yesterday doing a shoot. It's about an hour drive, so I appreciate you making the trip down. Do you do podcasts often? This is my second. Second podcast. Yeah. Okay, so you're like, but you're pretty well versed. You've been in real estate for 14 years. 14 years. So you know your stuff. Yeah. Tabitha, give us a little background on who you are, what you do. Um, real quick, nice little 30-second bio. Yeah, so I'm a real estate agent in Waterloo Region, and I work with a company that is new to Waterloo Region. It's called Angle Invokers. Um, yeah, I've been selling real estate for 14 years. It's everything I love. I'm a mom. I have a four-year-old daughter. Um, yeah. You were telling me you have a pretty interesting life coming from, you know, a not-so-focused work ethic and building a future for yourself mindset to now focus on being a mother, being a good example, setting that example for your child, but more importantly, building a life for your family, right? So is it, is it you, your daughter, what's your family looking like? I am currently a single mother recently. Gotcha. Yes. gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. I got to say, let's get into you coming into real estate now. I saw you at a couple different brokerages before, uh, but 14 years in the market, I think, many people will have to find where they where they sit. I've heard a lot about, how do you say it? Angel, Angel Invokers? Angle Invokers. Angle Invokers. Yeah. I know a couple of people that used to be there that are there now. The brokerage team's pretty boutique. It's actually a worldwide company. Interesting. Yeah, it started in Europe. So it's, it is big. It's sort of like a Remax brand. It's a large brand, but it's just new to this area. Gotcha, gotcha. And so kind of seeing that come in new, you're like, I got to get in this. This is new. This is, this is what's up and coming. That's what I was looking for. So coming from a brokerage with my ex-spouse, it was, you know, our brokerage, we ran it together. I was a broker of record. Um, and I was in that company for about six years. Gotcha. And then when that, it was time for change in my life, I was looking for something, like you said, new, fresh, professional, something a little bit different because it's the stage of my life that I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I want to talk about life before real estate. Okay. You said you were open to getting into it. And there's a lot of things, because we were talking about on social media, and I admire your social media because you just seem to be like you. I saw your stories this morning. I kind of, we look at some of the stuff before we bring the guests on. You're very much just you. And I really admire that. And I think that a lot of people aren't as much or aren't as comfortable being them. And I noticed that you speak out a lot about that and just being you. Um, so tell me, like, life before real estate. What was that like? What were you up to? Give me a little bit of background on that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I came from a background of being an executive assistant. So, you know, I started in the mailroom at a company. I was always a waitress, bartender, and I always had a strong work ethic and I always wanted to do better. So yeah. I would always find a way to get to the next step in, in the company and move up and then move to a different company. And I got to a point where, okay, I'm probably at the top of my pay grade for this position. Yeah, yeah. And I know I can't do this forever. I know I made for more. So mm -hmm. real estate was, I was a receptionist at a Remax once. And that's sort of what got me inspired. I knew that that's where I was supposed to be. Yeah. You, you learn a 
ton being a receptionist at any brokerage yeah. or for anybody that's in real estate. That's I talk to a lot of admins because when we're yeah. booking, we have to talk to admins most of the time. And the number one thing they say is how much they know and how much they learn. In fact, sometimes they know more than the agents themselves. So when it comes that's down true. to somebody being a receptionist or an admin of some sort and then getting into the real estate world, I mean, they know paperwork like the back of their hand, right? Exactly, exactly. So I want to ask you... Um, what was your biggest struggle coming into real estate? Like, was there a realization thing or, you know, how much work it took? Like, I know you had a strong work ethic before. So tell me a little bit about that, the struggles coming into real estate. So the work ethic is definitely what got me through because um, I feel like waitresses, bartenders have the best work ethic and best customer service experience. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they know what they need to do. So that I was never afraid of working. Like, you know, Remax gives you an office and they're like, here's your desk and here's a phone book. Good luck, you yeah. know? And I mean, that's the way it was 14 years ago. So I would ask some other agents, like, what do I need to do? And I mean, at that point it was door knocking, cold calling, and I was so shy. Yeah. But I had, but I knew, I always did what I needed to do. So that's what I did. I knocked on doors. A lot of people I think are shy and shy people in the sales industry don't typically fit in well unless they adapt. Yeah. How did you go about adapting and not being, I get, cause you don't seem shy now, but I'm not, not shy now, not yeah. being shy, you know, 14 years ago. I just always knew I had to grow. So, I mean, I've always thrived on doing hard things to get myself ahead. So, I mean, door knocking was the hardest thing I've ever done. I would sit in my car and cry and then go do 10 <laughs> doors and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely I applaud people for door knocking and you see like the YouTube videos of like the salespeople who are like phenomenal at it they'll crack jokes and stuff like yeah. that it's like I wish I could be like them it, it right? doesn't really work these days yeah. uh yeah it's, it's a thing of the past I think uh, personally but I mean back then it did work yeah what are some adaptations throughout the 14 years of real estate in terms of marketing that have adapted over the course of years like you know, door knocking, does it become emails or does it yeah. become then calls or, or I don't know what, what does that look like? What have you seen over the course of, I mean, your veteran years in real estate? It's a, I've realized it's all about building relationships. So you want everyone to be your friend and, you know, support you. So phone calls, visits, um, just having everyone's best interests in mind and then they'll come to you. Right. And obviously knowing your stuff too. So just embracing them in general, just yeah. embracing people and, and really coming to clue in as to who they are and, and, and catering, I guess, to who they are, right? Yeah. And, and providing a service like that. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things you realized getting into real estate that you're like, oh crap, like I didn't know this or, you know, like any challenges, mistakes you made that come into mind? I know for me, for video editing and producing, I know there's plenty of audio failures and everything that I've done. I mean, the real estate world changes so quickly, so you always have to be willing to adapt to change. Right. Yeah, yeah I can definitely see where over the course of 14 years, you would 100% have to move things or, like we said, adapt and really come to terms with, hey, this is where it's going. How can I get ahead? So what's up with you now in terms of selling? What are you doing now? Are you selling luxury real estate? Are you selling commercial properties? Where do you kind of sit? or fit in with real estate now is it or is it more just a blanket so our brokerage is luxury at all levels so I mean I have my clients and I will help anyone whether it's a condo or a five million dollar home 
um, anywhere in Waterloo Region. Uh, commercial is sort of something that I tap into, but yeah. it's not my specialty. I feel like it's very different. Like residential and commercial are very different things. Very different. Um, I had a good question come to me, and I, I want to ask you this because to get to know more about you and, and your mindset, because I think that's a strong aspect on you. Yeah. As a child, as a young girl, what was Tabitha thinking um, and how, like, how did she grow up? What was her mindset? Is there anything that you can kind of take us back to? As a child. Yeah. Like uh, 10. I feel like I was, I was always shy, but I was always very kind. And I feel like kindness was a really important piece of who I am. Because right. I never lost that. Although, you know, I was a chubby kid. I always got picked on. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. so you made a lot of changes. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything that your parents taught you at a young age that you think you utilize a lot today? Definitely. My parents always believed in me. They were all, you know, Tabitha, you're super smart and you have the skills. Um, and they, they never pushed me. They always let me find my own way. Interesting. Do you have any situations when you were growing up where you kind of had a kicker into what the real world was? Like, I, I always, I was really back to me um, when I was like, what was it? it? It was when I was 12 years old and I was making a video for somebody and I was like, hey, like, how much do you think this is worth? And it's like, I got paid like 20 bucks biweekly. And that was my kicker into the real world. And then another kicker was like, I remember filming a video for a really big agent that everybody knows in Canada. And I, they came to my house and then I filmed the video and I didn't listen to the audio. This was back when I first started and I messed up the audio and all of it was messed up and I wasted the, uh, the person's time. Those are things that I relate back to like, oh, this kicked me into the real world. Like there's no mercy here yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Was there anything like that for you for real estate or maybe just as a child in general? I don't know. I I always just knew inside that I was supposed to do better. I can't think of any particular moments, but I always just kind of, I was always self-aware of who I was. And I always knew I could do better. Right. Um, yeah, so. What do you think doing better means? Like, because I think a lot of people yeah, say doing better. Good question. What, what do you think, what do you think that, like, what when you say that, what do you relate that to? Growing, just growing as a person. Right. You know, we we all start from the bottom and then who do you want to evolve to be? We all evolve. No one's perfect. It's true. We all make mistakes and you can either choose to, you know, live in your mistake or grow from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more to be honest with you. Um when you started real estate, were there any connections that you were able to build? Like how how important were connections for you? Um you know, when you got into the real estate world? Because I know it's pretty big, and but everybody has their own different stories yeah. on how they got there. Um, so luckily for me with being a receptionist at Remax, I made a lot of friends with a lot of realtors in Cambridge. And, you know, there was a few that were really rooting for me because they knew I could do better. And, you know, I would call them, rely on them, and they would always mentor me, help me out. Because, I mean, you're really thrown into it with, you just got to, you got to figure it out on your own, but it's nice to have those people, you know, to cheer you on that are willing to help you. Um, and that, that I was so grateful for. Yeah. And that definitely helped propel. It sounds like that definitely helped propel you into what you're doing. Um, I want to ask when you got into real estate, like were there clients that you maybe didn't want to work with that 
you knew you had to because you got in there? Because I think a lot of people, um, at least in today's world, there's a sense of entitlement in a lot of people when they get into a role and they think that they're too good to serve this person or that person or whatever that may look like. And it's like, okay, you just got in. Like, you know, serve, serve everybody. <laughs> what do you think on that? I feel like, to be honest, at this point in my life, I've really learned to attract the people that want to work with me mm-hmm. and the people that I'm meant to help. There's always, I can't remember the last time I've had a client that I don't want to work with. However, there are clients that maybe aren't ready and I can give them advice and help coach them, but I'm maybe not going to, you know, put 100% of my time into them because I can tell that they're not yeah. quite ready to purchase or sell or um you know, and if I know somebody's not for me, then I'll refer them to somebody else because, like you said, I'm at a point in my career where I can choose who I want to work with and I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste their time. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good point too. It's not just wasting your time. It's wa- it's wasting their time as well because if they, it's not going to jive well together. Exactly. Why force it, right? And yeah. I think I think a lot of people try to force mistakes yeah. in their career paths and, and you just don't have to. Or force relationships in general. Sometimes if it just doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Just don't chase it. There's a lot of people, okay, and I'm going to say something controversial, but social cues. I think a lot of people know how to pick up on social cues, but there's also a lot of people that don't understand social cues with something like that, right? Where you meet somebody and it just didn't click well. Maybe don't force it. Where did you kind of come to understand relationships and building connections and I guess, understanding social cues. Was it something as a child that you picked up from your parents? Was it something that you developed? Like, what what was that like for you? Definitely something that I've developed and probably more recently because I've always, I was always a people pleaser. I wanted to make everyone happy. You know, even if you said, Tabitha, can you show me five houses? I'm not going to buy a house though, probably ever from you. You would have probably like, done okay. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's growing as a person and learning about, learning that you're valuable and your time is valuable. And yeah, that's definitely, I've learned probably something I've learned in the last couple of years. I can say that, that one skill, and I mean, I'm a young guy, but that one thing is something some people don't ever learn. It's always pleasing. And it's so detrimental to your own mindset that when you try to please people all the time, all the time, you're never pleasing yourself. Exactly. Right. I want to ask, as a child, because I want to go back to that and kind of understand more of how you grew up and why you are who you are today. Okay. Was there any advice that your parents may have given you or somebody that somebody that you may have been close to had given you at a young age that maybe you stick to to this day? Um, I mean, the person that pops into my head is I used to work at Canadian Tire and the manager there... Um, Paul, he, he always pushed me. I mean, if he saw me doing something I shouldn't or coming into work tired, he would call me out on it. Really? Yeah. He, he knew that I could do better and the, the values that I learned from him, I'm so grateful for. What do you think is the most important value, um, that a person can have? I know the movie, uh, the movie, the founder talks about this. Um, I think as a, as an entrepreneur, they say persistence is like the number one thing that somebody needs to have as an entrepreneur. Um, but there's a lot of arguments for like different ones and I value every single one. What do you think is like the most important trait for somebody to have? Maybe just getting into business. Just getting into business. Uh, Confidence. That's a big one, eh? Yeah. How does one go about building their confidence? Knowing, knowing your products or knowing your service. So being confident in what you're doing 
People are always going to hire you or want to work with you if you're confident in yourself. Now, Tabitha, I'm going to switch gears here. I saw you were just, were you just in Vegas or something? You were just in Vegas? How was the trip? That's great. It was? Yeah. I went to Vegas, what was it, Uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? So I may have caught you there. I don't know. But what are your thoughts on Vegas? I asked people this around Niagara Falls and Vegas. I was like, what do you think about Vegas? I I think that was probably my fifth time being there. Really? Yeah. And? So you like it? I love it. I mean, I think it's a good short trip. Yeah. And a good place to go have some fun. Yep. And then get back to life. I mean, I was mind boggled when I walked in and saw the Bellagio and saw Caesar's Palace. Okay. The development there is mind boggling to me. How big the buildings are, how well they're structured. Do you have any plans in the future for real estate to go offshore of any kind? Or are you going to more stick to this area and focus here? Because, I mean, now you have a daughter, right? So That's the thing. I think long-term, I would like to look at developments maybe in a different country, but I can't go anywhere right now. My yeah. daughter's only four, so. Yeah. As a mother, mm-hmm. what are some traits that you want your daughter to be taught that maybe you didn't, or that maybe you had a hard time learning throughout life? So my daughter... I would say, awakened me. So I, I truly believe that I changed because of her. Um, happiness is the most important value I can teach my daughter and that she always needs to put that first. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness is definitely a big one. I think if you're not happy, it relates so much to your business life, to your relationships, um, to a- anything and everything. If you are not truly content with yourself... You can't be content in relationships. You can't be content in your business life, True. business relationships, yeah. any of the kind. Um, what do you want your daughter to know as she grows up? Like the one lesson that you want her to understand, because I think a lot of parents try to teach their children lessons as they grow up. Um, for me, for my parents, it was definitely work ethic. I remember when I wanted to buy something on a video game when I was really young, they said, well, when I, I walked up to them, I said, can, can you buy this for me? It was like 40 bucks. And I was like, that's a lot of money to me, right? And so they were like, well, we can give you an opportunity to work for it. 10 bucks an hour, they had me go pull weeds. So <laughs> like, they gave me opportunities to work for it and learn work ethic. As a mother and a daughter who's four, who is in the prime time of her life to really start to analyze and see how people react and she can build her personality based on that. So it's very important. So as a mother, what are some things that you're teaching her now, um, you know, in in terms of life lessons? That's such a big question. Um, Number one, I just don't want her to lose who she is. She's so confident. She's so happy. And you kind of worry about the outside world, kind of knocking that down a bit. Like knocking it. Hello, outside world knocking on the door. She's not shy. She runs up to everyone and asks, you know, at the park, she'll say, can you be my friend? And, (laughs) you know, she's just so happy and you just don't, you don't want her to lose that because keeping that is going to get her so far in life. Uh, work ethic is obviously huge. She uh, she loves shopping on Amazon and buying <laughs> everything she wants. So that's something we're going to have to learn is. What kid doesn't Yeah, though? so I've started to give her chores so that she can, you know, learn how to do a little bit of work to earn the things that she wants. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. As a parent, I think you hold the most responsibility because you are literally depicting how somebody turns out for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean... There's things that children grow up with 
everybody has them. Most people aren't open about them. That they know this is I struggle with this certain trait or feeling this way because of my parents or because yeah. of something they said or something that they did. As a mother with a four-year-old daughter, you definitely come to understand what you want to teach her and what she needs to grow up with. Um, is there anything that kind of any realizations now having a child that you're like? oh, wow, I didn't know this, or yes. I didn't know this as a mother. I'm sure there were plenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> One thing is my mom would always say, oh, you can't do that, or, you know, be careful. And, you know, Tabitha's afraid of heights. Don't do that. And now I'm just like, when my daughter is, you know, she went swimming at the pool, and she wanted to go on the big slide that's like 20 feet in the air, and she just walked over there with confidence, climbed right up, and went right down, and you know, inside I'm dying. I want to like, pass out. Attack. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, do not tell her to be careful. Do not stop her. She knows her, like, she knows what's comfortable and what she can, can and can't do. So, um, I don't ever want to kill that. You yeah. know, I don't want to tell her to be careful or, or stop her from doing things she knows she can do. Yeah. Like not suppressing her excitement to do something yeah. that she genuinely wants to do. Yeah. I think I, I'll be honest. I think a lot of parents go wrong with that. Um, and that's suppressing excitement and passion and joy in a child, especially a young child. Because when they're a young child, they're looking at every single little thing that you do. And if you suppress them, they'll suppress other people. And they'll suppress themselves. Right? And then it's just, now they're not living out their full dreams and they feel more scared to. Exactly. Right? What's the best piece of advice? I always ask this question to all of our guests. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and the best piece of advice you could ever give? So that is, um, you can have anything you desire. Really? That's interesting. Where does that come from for you? Probably from reading a lot of books, um, but I've realized how true that really is. So uh, for me, I don't measure success on how much money I make or anything that I have. Um, because that's all ego. But if you desire um, anything in life, you can. it's going to come to you. And that means that that is something you're supposed to have. So you should work really hard to make that happen for yourself. Mm. There's a reason why you desire it. Yeah, I was going to say, because when you desire something, you generally want to make it happen, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. the definition of desire. What are some future goals that maybe you have that you're, you know, looking forward and, and you're desiring to have in the next two, three years. I think five years, 10 years is way too long because I think so much can happen in 10 years, five years, right? But like near future, what, where do you want to see yourself? Is it just continue to grow your business, continue to be there for your daughter? Like, where do you see that? I've, I've, um, actually in the last year I've become, you know, I feel like my life just restarted. So I'm ready for everything. So number one, my career, it's time for me Time, it's my time to shine. It's time for me to become the realtor I know I can be. Um, and um, number two, obviously be the best mom I can be. Yeah. And that's been something I've been so proud of because, like I said, she turned my life around and yeah. she gave me a whole new outlook on life. Um, I also am really big on family. So I would really love to have, um, you know, a really healthy relationship one day and you know, have a family that my daughter is proud to be a part of. I think the number one thing you come to understand, and like I'll, n I'll never understand this until I'm older, but yeah. um, at least from talking with my parents is 
really understanding how important family is in life because at the end of the day, whether you make a million bucks or whether you make 10 million or whether you make 100 million or a billion, you get to a point where you can buy what you want to buy. What's it going to do for you? It's just looking for the next fix, right? I want to buy jet skis. Okay, I buy jet skis. Okay, what next do I want to buy? Oh, a boat. Oh, I buy a boat, buy a yacht. Oh, I already bought a yacht. What can I buy more? Exactly. (laughs) Buy a helicopter for the yacht? Sure, cool. A month later, it's old, right? So I totally see what you're saying. Tabitha, is there anything that you would like to say to the audience? Any new people getting into real estate or even mothers with young daughters? What would you want to say to them to help push them forward or give them some advice? Just never give up and always believe in yourself. If it's something that you know that you're meant to do, it will work out. Just consistency, believe in yourself, and always continue to, you know, work on yourself. So, you know. Uh, always growing. Yes, always growing. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think we could quote you on yeah. that is just always growing because even on your social media, you always talk about that. Yeah. Tabitha, just to wrap up, where can people find you on social media? So my Instagram handle is sold by Tabitha. Sold by Tabitha, everybody. Check it out. Follow it. Reach out. DM her. If you're in the Cambridge area, make sure to... I don't know any agents in the Cambridge area, so I can say this. So (laughs) now I do. So sold by Tabitha, everybody. Reach out. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you learned a thing or two. Tabitha, I want to say big thank you for joining us today. And uh, I hope the audience learned a thing or two from you and from our conversation and from your story. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And make sure to comment down below questions that you want us to ask other golden guests, just like Tabitha here. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll see you in the next show. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Golden Guest on the Meeting Gold Podcast. If you learned something from today's episode, make sure to check out our other content on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, make sure to leave us a follow while you're there. Thanks, and have a golden day.